0: Here in our Lord's Sermon on the Mount, he is setting forth what true righteousness is. The people in his day were just like the ones in our day. They are, most are religious and lost. And he said, Except your righteousness exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you won't enter into the the kingdom of God. You're the salt of the earth, you're the light of the world. Our Lord didn't come to destroy the law or the prophets he came to fulfill. And Last week we looked at alms, giving, and why does a man give? He spoke of how they, whatever, whatever they did, they did it to be seen of men. They wanted recognition, and that's the main thing. Men want to worship self. It's just like it happened in the garden when Adam and Eve sinned. Satan said, y'all can be as gods, knowing good and evil. But we are not gods. But we need a righteousness. We need a perfect standing before God. And it's not by works that we have done, but it's the work that he has done. He said, be ye perfect, even as my Father in heaven is perfect. And that's what he said. And there's only one perfect. And how can we be perfect? Only one way. That's to be found in Christ, be found in him and him alone. Paul said, I don't want to be found in my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is of faith. But they do their alms, and he says, when thou doest alms, believers do give. Believers are generous. Grace makes a person gracious, the work that God does on the inside affects the outside, and religion is just concerned with the outside, and within they're full of dead men's bones. It's not so much what a man gives, but why did he give it? Why did he do it? He said you take heed, lest there be in you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living gods. Verse three But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. The main thing is not what men think. And it's not what men see. But it's what the Lord sees. He sees the real reason. He sees the real motive. And he said what he sees in secret, he rewards not in secret, openly. Openly. So today we're dealing with not with alms, but with praying. Entitled it When You Pray. Believers do pray. We're not talking about saying prayers, we've all said too many of those. Praying. The people of our Lord's day, they were pretenders, most of them. And you imagine those people, all that that they'd ever saw was the priest and the scribes and these men and what they did and what they said. They saw these things and they thought, because this is what they were taught, that this is what righteousness is. And most of us, some of us who were not, didn't have the, the fortune to be raised in a grace church, we saw these things. We saw the show. We may not have realized it at that time, but when God opened our eyes, we saw there's something wrong here. There's something wrong here. Why do we do what we do? Why do we pray? God is our father. He makes that statement several times. He's our father. How does a child talk to its father? I read an article, and I don't remember exactly how it was put, but Frank was talking about when he seen his grandson and how that grandson, how did that grandson speak? How did did it let let you know when it was called? When hungry, or if it's diaper need to be changed, how it it had a way he we would cry, and the parents knew something was wrong. The father knows us; he knows what we need before we even ask him. But he wants us to ask. He's our father. We're not when we don't come under a slavish fear. He said, "If you being evil know how to give good, good gifts to your children, how much more shall the father give good gifts?" to them that ask him. And here in our text, our Lord gives us a simple instruction. It's very simple. On praying. He teaches us how not to pray. And he teaches us how to pray. He says there in verse 5, And when thou prayest. I'll point it out so as we read down through here, you'll notice these things that I think it's a personal pronoun, thou. Thou, thee, thy, when, when, and when thou prayest, when you prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. Hypocrites. That's a strong word, isn't it? Don't be, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites I mentioned it last week, what is a hypocrite? They are a play actor. Someone that ma- wears a mask, Jeffrey's done drama and what it is. You're playing, a, that's not really who you are. You're pretending to be something you're not. And you want to convince people that are good actors, they're good hypocrites. <laughs> they're good play actors, they're, they pretend. And a lot of times they pretend long enough, I guess they think on that role, they just think, well, that's really me. And actors like to be noticed. Actors like to be bragged upon, don't they? Yes. They may even get an award. That's their reward. What did they, oh, he's, he's best supporting actress, or best supporting actor. They have their reward. They want the award. They want something to set up where they can say, look what I've done. He said they have their reward. Do you know how it described Saul of Tarsus when God told Ananias to go to Paul to where he he was at after God had blinded him for three days when he met him on the road to Damascus? You know what he said? This is how you'll know that there's been a change about this man. In Acts chapter 9, verse 11, And the Lord said unto him, Ananias, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, And inquiring the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth. This man, Saul of Tarsus, prayeth. Can you imagine what he's praying about? Lord, what just happened? Why can't I see? Because he was like scales was over his eyes. For three days, but behold, he prayeth. Now, Paul had said a lot of prayers. Let's say grace. Let's let's say the prayers. Let's repeat. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Why do I remember that? (laughs) I hadn't planned on repeating it. But you know what that was? That was an example of just saying a prayer. Teaching a child. I was taught that as a child. Or giving of grace. We were taught these things. That's not praying. That's uttering words. That's not praying. Paul had uttered a lot of prayers. And as I was studying this as... The Muslims and a lot of other ones, they have specific times during the day. If they're at work, they need a place where they can go and they go through their ritual of saying their prayers. Catholics say, you say these prayers, you you say so many Hail Marys, or you come to the front of a Baptist church and you repeat after me, you repeat the sinner's prayer, God be merciful to me, the sinner. That is a sinner's prayer, when God enables a sinner to say that from their heart. In that example, that man that prayed, he said, God, be merciful to me, the sinner, the old self-righteous hypocrite, he stands and he says, I thank you, Lord, I'm not like other men. The Pharisee went down to the house condemned, but the other man went down to the house justified. It said that Pharisee, he prayed thus within himself. He prayed to himself. I thank you, Lord, that I'm not like other men. Someone said the moment a spiritual babe is born into the new creation, it sends up a cry of helpless dependence toward the source of its birth. You know why that baby cries? It's alive. You didn't have to teach it how to cry. It cries. It knows who its mother is. It knows who its father is. I, I never get tired of seeing it. Whether it was my own children, my own three daughters, or my great or my grandchildren, my granddaughters, when uh, my last one was born, to see how she looked at her mom and she knew her mama's voice. Everybody else could hold her, but she knew when it was her mama had a hold of her. And that's how we do as children of God. We've been made the children of God. We cry out to God like children. Abba, Father, he knows our needs. When thou prayest, don't pray like the hypocrites. You notice there it says they love to pray. Why do they love to pray? They think they've mastered the art of praying. They've mastered how to even change the tone of their voice. I, I've, I've seen this, and it's just it's awful. They think they have to say, say, not only say words, but you have to say it in a certain way. You know what I mean? We used to call those people, preachers that preached like that and prayed like that, we called them Tennessee wind suckers. It's like they couldn't even take time to catch a breath. And they thought that was praying, I remember, you know, I've, I've been through this a long time. I, I know a lot of bad things. Remember, we were in chapel one day. This is back in the late 80s. And everybody was praying, and, you know, you couldn't hear or you couldn't understand the one thought. Everybody praying out loud. Some guy, in there, they were down on metal chairs. This guy was slapping it with his hand. And when they got done, this guy walked up to him. He said, man, I wish I could pray like you. He said, "You come over to the house, and I'll teach you." You know, something struck a chord in me. Goes, "That's something wrong here." But I'm not trying to be judgmental. But I'm just telling you, don't be like the hypocrites are. Why do they do that? Why do people play religion? Just playing it. I can tell you what we're doing this morning is serious. We pray. You think about that. Pray and God hears you. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers, but his face is against them that do evil. You know why God hears your prayers? Because of his darling son. That's why. If that phone won't come on back on, we'll be here until 1230. There it is. Ain't that something? <laughs> okay. They love to pray. Where do they love to pray? Standing in the synagogues. They want everyone to see them. Now, this word synagogue could mean any place where people gather. It's not just the synagogue itself. Any place where people gather. They stand. He said they stand in the synagogues. Standing. That's how it says the the Pharisee. Luke eighteen verse eleven. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, "God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men. I'm not an extortioner. I'm not unjust. I'm not an adulterer. And I'm not, I'm not even like that old publican. You imagine the publican hearing him pray that." You know what that publican did? said he beat on his chest. He said, my problem's right here. I got a heart problem. He said, God, would you be merciful to me, the sinner? Would you be propitious toward me, the sinner? Would you show this sinner mercy? Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. And that was a sinner's prayer, and God heard that prayer, and God justified that man. He believed God. He wasn't believing in his words. He wasn't believing in what he was doing. Then it says in the corners of the streets, where two streets meet, they want to be, they want to be somewhere where they can be seen. But that's what it said, that they may be seen of men. This is why they did what they did. It's all about being seen. It's all about the applause of men. They have no interest whatsoever in what God thinks, how God perceives it. Now, the Lord said, he never, he never had much patience with a bunch of hypocrites. Go read Matthew chapter 23. You hypocrites, you bunch. He said, you make clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but within you are full of dead men's bones. They, then he said, they did all this to be seen of men. They have their reward. They have the praise of men. (laughs) They feel superior. It's all about self. And that said, who should be praised? He should. And they, But they call that righteousness. They call that praying. Just like in school they say, well, well, they took prayer out of school. No, they didn't. They may take a ritual out. But you can't, I, you can't stop someone from praying. Just like there was two men went in a restaurant one day, and, and one man sat down, and he, he got started eating. The other guy said, you're not going to pray? And he said, how do you know I didn't? That's how we think, isn't it? Well, let's do this. That ain't praying. It ain't the position of the body. It's the condition of the heart. They have the reward. That's what they sought after, and that's what they got. That's what they sought after. You know what that was? One maggot bragging on another maggot. Now verse 6. So this is, he told us how not to pray not as the hypocrites to be seen to men. And you notice when he says that word, "verily," he's speaking something serious. Now I know everything he said is serious, but a lot of times when Johnny said, Verily, verily, but here he said, Verily, verily, I, verily, I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which seeth in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. It's not if you pray, but when you pray. And I'll say this, I would say that nothing is more harder than praying. It's difficult. To me it is. It's because everything tries to work against it. Your mind wanders. Everything comes into your mind. You worry, you, you're thinking about what what did I say? Did I say it just exactly right? You know what? What did Peter say when he was walking on the water, and he began to sink in the water. He said, well, I better pray this just exactly right. He said, Lord, save me. And the Lord reached down and saved him. This is the characteristic, as I said, about Saul of Tarsus, of a child of God. He is speaking here of private prayer. I realize we pray in public. I called on Kurt just a few minutes ago to lead us in prayer. And as he prayed, we we listened and we prayed in our hearts as he prayed. But this here that he's speaking of, is between the father and his child. He said instead of praying in the synagogues and in the corner of the street, Enter into thy closet. Now, you know he's not talking about a literal closet. He's not talking about going in here in this room we call a closet and going to pray. This is a metaphor. That is a secret place. The closet is a secret place not to be observed by anyone else. It's your closet. When you enter into your closet, what might be my closet might not be your closet. Without any distractions, you may sit there and not say a word. Just in your heart and mind. I love, to me, one of the greatest examples of praying, and I know there's a lot of them in the Old Testament, is when the servant, Abraham's in his servant to get a bride for Isaac. He tells him where to go, but he didn't tell him what she's going to look like he didn't tell her, her her name or anything like that and how's he gonna know who this girl is which one which one is god chose for her bride for his son's bride well he goes he reasons he goes to where women would come they have to come to a well to get water so he goes to the well and when he gets to the well he said lord whichever woman comes and gives me a drink of water, and then she also says, let me water your camels, that that would be the woman. And he said, before he had done prayed in his heart, here come Rebecca, really. (laughs) And Rebecca walks up, and he said, can I have a drink of water? And she said, here. She said, you want me to water them camels? (laughs) And he never uttered a word, but he was in his mind, he said, How will I know who she is? God brought her. He was in need. He didn't know. He'd come as far as he could, but he's standing there in his closet. Nobody's around. Him and the Lord, he needed guidance. He needed help. Someone said, thy closet is thy soul's owned, fixed, familiar place of resort for communion with God. And as I thought about this, it may be a tractor on the backside of the field, Danny. Jim, it may be in a tree stand. It it might be sitting behind a, a desk. That might be your closet. It's just you. In him. Nobody else hears. And he hears. He hears the desires of your heart. Enter into thy closet. Do you know our Lord was a man of prayer? Now you think about this. He, he was God, never ceased to be God, but he was a man. He had the same difficulties we have, and he practiced. Secret prayer. You wonder how much free time he had. He didn't have a lot. Whenever he was awake, there was somebody wanting something. Somebody needed healing or somebody needed to be fed. There was some need that needed to be met. Turn with me to Mark chapter 1, verse 35. No he never tells us a time, he never tells us to get up and early in the morning or late and he didn't tell us those things. He didn't give us the exact time when to enter our closet. It said and in the morning, rising up a great while before day before it was daylight, he went and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. And there, our Lord, in a solitary place, prayed. In Luke chapter 6, verse 12, and it came to pass in those days. In the context here, he's getting, he's getting ready to choose and to appoint 12 disciples. Now, these are men that are chosen. But you think about it, he even prays about it. And it came to pass in those days, Luke 6, verse 12, that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer. There's not a one of us, I don't think, could stay up all night, could stay awake all night, and they used to have what they call, especially at the, at the beginning of the year, they would have watch night services. You know, you'd come in and, and you pray in the new year and all these things. <laughs> but he prayed all night long. He had no sin to confess. He prayed. He's the father and the son, and he prayed all night. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom also he named apostles. Our Lord, a closet, could be a mountain, a place he would go to pray. Do you know it says that you know you know why Judas knew where our Lord would be that night he was arrested? Because he went there often to pray. He went there often. And why did he go there? Why did he go to Gethsemane to pray? Well, you know, he, he does not say don't use repetitions. He says don't use vain repetitions. Our Lord prayed the same prayer three times lord if father if it be cus- possible take this cup away from me that's not a vain repetition he was in earnest paul prayed three times that the lord would take away the thorn and the lord said my grace is sufficient for thee the lord did hear his prayer and he gave him exactly what he needed but he prayed you know what god help us to pray you know, why would our Lord stay up all night? He was burdened. If we could see people like he sees people, we might, we might do a little more praying. If we saw who we are by nature. We really, and I'm not trying to make a work out of it, but you know that. Praying. He told the disciples to do what? Pray and watch. And he come back and 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 Holker said he thought it was a was a spiritual battle that caused the disciples to go to sleep. And I've experienced that. He come back and he said, "Couldn't you watch with me one hour? You couldn't even pray one hour. Watch and pray." And he goes back and prays, and he comes back and they're asleep again, and he leaves them alone. Then he come back and he said, "Sleep on. Take your rest." The hour has come. If they only knew what they were going to face. You know what? We don't know. But he knows. He knew what he was going to face. And he went to the Father and prayed. You know why he prayed? He prayed for us. He drank that cup. He drank. He said, Shut when that uh, goes into thy closet, shut thy door. Thy door. To block out everything. Pray to thy father which seeth in secret. And he shall reward thee openly. I think about the servant again going to look for Rebecca. Was he rewarded? Yep, here she comes. Openly. Do you not love to pray for, for somebody that maybe God would give them an interest in the gospel? And then you it is an open thing. You do see them coming. You go, well, maybe God's doing a work of grace in their heart. And he's rewarding it for what Christ did, but he still wants us to pray. Lord, if somebody don't know you today, God, give them faith to trust you. Give them faith to cry out from their heart, God, be merciful to me. I need mercy. I was getting ahead of myself there in verse seven. When you pray, you don't use vain reputation. He called them hypocrites, and I said, "As the heathen do." Heathen. <laughs> you think about a bunch of heathen. You think about a bunch of barbarians, don't you? Just a bunch of heathens walk around with a with a bone in their nose or something. Just a bunch of heathens, just just backward heathens. He said, "Don't be like the heathen." We're going to see when he goes on. He said, don't you be like the Gentiles are. Don't you be like them. They seek in the things of the world. They think. Do you see that? They think. They shall be heard for the much speaking. Well, why do they think that? They've been taught that. Turn with me to 1 Kings 18. I think this illustrates this point very well. Elijah was the Lord's prophet. They were other prophets that he may not even have known of. We know that one man hid 150 in one cave and 50 in another. But Elijah, Elijah says in the book of James, was a man subject to like passions just like us. He was just a man. No different, just a man, just a sinner. But he prayed, and it did not rain for three and a half years. You know when it's going to rain? When this same man prays. You think about that. So Elijah's standing on the mountain of Mount Carmel with all these false prophets. And he says, We're going to build two altars. We're going to put two sacrifices. And we're going to, y'all can pray and do what y'all want to do. And he says, whichever, which God sends fire down from heaven and consumes the sacrifice is the true God. Now, Elijah knew there was only one God. Their so-called God is no God at all. In verse 24 of 1 Kings 18, and he said, Call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord, Jehovah. And the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, It is spoken well. That's a good idea. Good idea. Verse 25, And Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose you a bullock for yourself, and dress it first, for, for you are many, and call on the name of your gods but put no fire under, and they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it and called on in the name of Balaam from morning, name of Baal from morning until evening, until noon, saying, O oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered. And they leaped upon the altar which they had made, and it came to pass at noon. Been doing this for several hours. Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud. Make a little more noise. ye! God can't hear you. For he is a God. Either he's talking or he's pursuing or he's in a journey. Or peradventure he's asleep and you got to wake him up. Our God neither slumbers nor sleeps. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their manner with knives and lancets till the blood gushed out upon them. And it came to pass when midday was past, and they prophesied unto the time of the offering of the even sacrifice that there was neither voice nor any answer or any of that regard. They went on this doing this all day long. Not a word. Not a word. Verse thirty six now I want you to see this. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord, Lord Jehovah, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day. This is his prayer. He starts there, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things according to thy word. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me that this people may know that thou art the Lord God. These people need to know that you're God and that thou hast turned their hearts back again Just a few words. I was going to count them. There's probably not 20 or 25 words in that prayer. And you know what? The fire fell. Did God not reward him openly? He prayed for God's honor. He said, not that this people. He said, I'm nothing. But that these people may know that you're God. And I guarantee you. When the fire fell they were standing there with their mouths open. You know why? Elijah knew who God was. It ain't a bunch of vain repetition. People have changed the name for Baal till Jesus. Oh Jesus hear us. Oh Jesus hear us. Just vain repetition. In the book of Psalms 136, verses 1 through 3, listen. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endures forever. I don't think you can ever go wrong and just say, Lord, I don't know what to say. I'm just going to read your word. Oh, give thanks unto thee, Lord, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. And he said it three times. That ain't vain repetition. Mm. Listen to what it says in Ecclesiastes 5, verse 2. Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before the Lord. For God is in the heaven, and thou upon the earth. Therefore, let thy words be few. Verse 8, be not ye, therefore, like unto them. Lord, forgive me for acting like a heathen. Forgive me for acting like a hypocrite. That's in every one of us. It's there. It's still there. That old, that old man, you know what? He wants to be seen. Let me tell you, you know, one of the, you know one of the hardest things to do as a preacher? One of the hardest things for me to do is to stand before you and Pray. I'm just being honest, as honest as I can be. Because it's hard for me not to worry, well, what are you going to think? And it really doesn't matter what you think. But it does. I'm just being honest. Why is that? It's said, old oh, Mike Walker, he's still there. What matters is what he thinks. What matters is is, is he honored. That's the thing. Let's be not ye therefore likened to them, for your father, you think about, you make it personal, your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. Do you know you don't even know what you need? He knows what you need before you ask him. You know what that is? That's a blessing. You know, you could even say, Lord, I thank you that you know what I need before I need it. I thank you that you know that. I give you the glory for all that. Our Father knows what we need more than we do ourselves. Children do not need to make a long speech for their parents when they want anything. <laughs> I guarantee you, Jeff, if little James come up and asks you for something, he don't have to go through a big routine. (laughs) And if we're like that, will you imagine how our Lord is? I'm here to tell you, he loves his children. Loves his children. Often our Father gives us more than we ask for. And often he gives us before we ask. Lord, all my desires is before Thee, and my groaning is not hid from Thee. Romans eight twenty six. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself pray, makes intercession for us with groanings, which can't even be uttered. Our Lord said, I don't pray for the world. I pray for them that you've given me. And we don't know what we need, but he does. We may need to be made to feel like he doesn't hear us. I've seen times like that. Your heart's so cold, so indifferent. You don't even know what to say. You don't even know, not even know where to begin. But he prays for us. Help Brady, he needs help. Help Danny, he's not feeling so good. To think that someone, we, you know, we take prayer requests. We want, we want someone to pray for someone. It's like this week. A young man I knew. I called him a young man. He was only 53. I hadn't probably seen him in probably 10 years. Thought the world of him. I met, that, I met him when he was a little boy in religion. He had a heart attack about four years ago, and then this morning, Thursday morning, they think that's what happened this time, but he didn't survive it. Dead. I hope you knew the Lord. Too late now. I pray for his family. What would you pray? God show that family. May use this for your glory to open up men's eyes to the reality that death is real. Pray. Lord, teach us how to pray. Give us a desire to pray. Because Lord, we're the so, so guilty. Where's so the guilty saying in the name of Jesus? It is in his name. It's in his authority. Hope that's been a help.